Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Perfirio Rangel. Perfirio, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, not much to say. I'm pretty excited about today's topic. So, yeah, you want to take it away, Henry? Sure thing. Yes, indeed. Today is August 8th, 2020, and we are going to discuss the Snyder Cut. So, um, yeah, I thought we'd kind of go deep dive on this a bit. Uh, but first, let's uh, start off with some, some background. Yeah, what exactly is the Snyder Cut? Uh, you want to Want to delve into that, Porfirio? Yeah, sure. So the Snyder Cut, um, it's basically, so a background, um, director Zack Snyder, who directed Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, he was set to direct Justice League. And then he did for like a good, like, I want to say year or so. He did, he did like the first like half of the movie but then unfortunately in like march of 2017 his daughter unfortunately committed suicide and of course like he had to step away to deal with family business and all that so while he was away in the middle of that um filming um warner brothers brought in Josh Whedon, who directed the first two Avengers movies. Yeah. And so he's no, Josh Whedon is in No Stranger to take tackling major comic book franchise movies. Oh yeah. Um, but apparently he did a lot of reshoots, a lot of edits that Zack Snyder didn't envision. Um, and that's what ultimately was released and did not do so hot in the movie theaters and critics like it was kind of nobody really liked it pretty much and so yeah. then, um you know of course fans felt like that wasn't the justice league that was promised to them and so that was in 2017 i think so over the years there's a, there's always been like this like um talk that like oh release the version Zack Snyder originally wanted to create, release it. Like, it was, you know, fans were um, having this, like, online campaign hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. Um, actors of the, mo- of the movie, like Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, they, like, um, help promote that ha- um, campaign, like, let's release the Snyder Cut. And to be honest, I never thought this existed. I was, I didn't think it existed. And then some, you know, one of the few things that's been positive during quarantine was they finally announced that I think back in May during the whole like HBO Max launch that they're going to release the Snyder Cut. Yep. And that for me, when I read that, it was like mind blowing. It was, <laughs> it was like being told that like, Bigfoot is real. That sounds <laughs> real. I just never yeah. believed it. And then to hear that was just like. <sighs> yeah. I was shocked too. I was very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. slightly old news now because like you said, it was announced in May. So this is kind of uh, old three month old news thereabouts. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do remember when it was announced. It was very shocking and very surprising, no question. Yeah, and like, you know, reading about it, because obviously there's like no like final edits. Apparently they have to do like um, a little bit more reshoots and more editing and CGI effects and all that kind of stuff. But it, uh, uh, I guess from what I've understood and read is that Snyder had like a really dark version of what, he wanted to do he wanted to introduce dark side he wanted to introduce i think the green lantern and martian manhunter and just kind of like be the answer to marvel's avengers you know right and um you know 
we're not the best per people to give DC films like the hottest reviews. But <laughs> I will say I am very interested in how this will turn out. Because like I said, this has been going on for years, this kind of campaign. And to hear it finally be like said like, oh, we're going to finally release it. Just like, oh, okay. Like I'm interested, very, very interested, you know. Cool. Yeah, that's a great background, Perfirio. And I liked what you mentioned about how the two of us might not be the best voices for this particular project <laughs> uh, because uh, we heavily lean on the Marvel side mm -hmm. of the fandom. So, you know, beware, trigger alert, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Um, yeah, two Marvel fans are going to talk about the Snatter Cut, but I don't know. We're going to try to be objective here, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, let, let's get into it. So, you know, you alluded to this, but there kind of isn't a Snatter Cut yet. You know, like what you mm -hmm. said about, well, I didn't know this thing even existed. Well, guess what? It, it doesn't really exist. You know, it, it will exist. Uh, mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this idea that, oh, there's this uh, director's cut, Zack Snyder director's cut of this movie, just like on the shelf. That's, that's a myth. Because like you said, he was directing it. There was this family tragedy and he had to leave the project. He didn't finish the movie. He didn't mm -hmm. finish the Snyder Cut, right? So Joss yeah. Whedon, as you said, finished the movie. And that was what was released uh, theatrically. Kind of a, a hybrid of Snyder's work and Whedon's work, right? But there was never a finished Snyder Cut, right? So that's, that's a myth. It still is a myth. They're working on this thing right now, right? Yeah. So... Um, what do they have right now? Well, they have what Zack Snyder shot and um, what Warner Brothers used in the theatrical cut and apparently tons of like unused stuff, right? Like he mm -hmm. shot a whole bunch of stuff that didn't end up in the theatrical version, right? Yep. But apparently there's there's other stuff too. Like they're spending... 20 million dollars to finish this movie so i'm um, thinking uh some some new footage um you know you name it all kinds of stuff right so um i think that's worth pointing out like right now the snyder cut doesn't exist right this whole idea of releasing the snyder cut um is is i don't know i think misinterpreted it's not this this finished movie sitting on a shelf, right? It's it, it needs to be finished, right? Yeah, it's not it's not like a director's cut, but it's still like yeah, I guess like the Snyder cut. I guess it's just like the finished product under the direction of Zack Snyder. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is something that is unprecedented. You know, in the past, I feel like there have been cases where a director finished a movie, brought it to the studio, and the studio was like, nope, 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 we got to change this. And um, they did change it. The theatrical release was different. But then subsequently, they did release the quote-unquote director's cut. You know, um, This is not that case, right? This is an unfinished movie that will be finished next year. Yeah, so they did announce yeah. that uh, HBO Max will be releasing Justice League, the Snyder Cut, in 2021. This is happening. <laughs> this is actually happening, right? Um, and it's not going to be released in theaters. It's going to be on streaming, right? So yeah. a lot of, a, a lot of uh, new territory with this. That's why I think it's so interesting. A lot of people are curious about how this is going to turn out, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think that leads well into a big question. Is the new Justice League movie going to be good? What do you think? You know, that's a, 
I really have high hopes for it because you know all the ideas Zack Snyder has said that he wants to do with with his version sound really interesting and probably what should have been the final cut you know like um like I said dark side appearing Martian Manhunter um I think there was like a black suit Superman appearing I mean all sounds good yeah um and I feel like, you know, obviously fans were in favor of that. But, I mean, let's look at his past two DC films. You know, I want to say fans weren't so hot about it. Like Man of Steel and BBS. Like, I mean, I don't know about Man of Steel. I think you like it. I forget. that's that You say you like it, right? Oh, no. I'm not a fan of either of those movies. Oh, then I miss, I'm confusing someone else. But I just remember, like, BVS just was just, just, like, slammed. I just, I remember just people being like, Zack Snyder shouldn't touch any more DC material. Mm-hmm. Um, he shouldn't do this. And so I remember, like, when Zack Snyder had to drop out of the Justice League project, fans were obviously upset. But I just remember thinking, like, well, you guys were upset about him during BBS, Batman versus Superman, but you want him to finish Justice League. Um, so you have it both ways. Yeah, so I think <laughs> his ideas might be good, but we'll see how the finished product is. I feel like, I don't know, you can never please fans. I, I just think someone's always got to have an opinion about something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, with this one, I am certainly curious. I'm very curious. Like I mm-hmm. said, this is a first of its kind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, as a comic geek, as a movie lover, my curiosity level is through the roof. There's no question about that. Now, oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but the specific question, do I think it's going to be good? I don't think so. Uh, so you talked about track record a little, a little bit. Um, so looking back at Zack Snyder's previous two DCEU movies, Man of Steel and BVS, wasn't a fan of either of those two movies. Um, you know, I, I know some people who liked them, mm-hmm. um, but I know a lot of people who didn't, and I'm definitely in the didn't like camp. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's that track record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to see a lot of what Zack Snyder did in the theatrical release of Justice League, right? It's, yeah. not like, it's not like this is some brand new, completely unseen movie, right? We got to see quite a bit of his work. So, you know, I think a lot of people are expecting this completely fresh and new take. And yes, it's going to be a lot different. There's going to be a lot of footage that you didn't see before. But I think in essence, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. And just like how I didn't like Man of Steel or BVS, I didn't like Justice League, the theatrical release either. So my expectations are way low on this one. Um, Mm we could go back to Zack Snyder's previous work of which I am a much bigger fan of namely Dawn of the Dead 300 and Watchmen. Those were all good. Or Watchmen, I don't remember, but 300 and Dawn of the Dead were really good. Really good. Yeah, they were really good. I really enjoyed the Watchmen movie. Um, So if you take that into account, maybe you could have some optimism here but um my bet is for a stinker here (laughs) i'm not expecting much and (laughs) my level of curiosity is such that yes i really do want to see this don't get me wrong Uh Um, it's just that i'm not expecting anything good at all really yeah I, i think some fans really are expecting a lot you know and i would really temper that expectation you know um, I certainly am. So at this point, it almost doesn't matter. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it's 
in the minds of a lot of people, it almost doesn't matter how good the movie is going to be. There's so much curiosity behind it that there's going to be a lot of people watching and the, the big battle has already been won in that they're going to release this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like I said, it's not going to get a theatrical release. So there's no like box office tally to keep track of. Um, The critical response to the movie, it's almost like a who cares kind of thing because I don't know. It, it almost doesn't matter. Like I said, the main battle is won. They're, they are releasing this movie. I, I still can't believe it. Like, this is pretty old news, like I said before. But I still can't believe they're releasing this movie. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah. And yeah, that, that's another big part of my curiosity. I can't believe they're doing it. So, like, I got to check this shit out, you know? So that leads to another big question. Maybe a more important question than how good the movie is. It is, is it irresponsible for HBO Max to release this movie? And before we, we, uh, we go into that discussion, we should probably give some background there. So you gave a good background on the logistics of it, like how this came to be. Um, but one big part of it that we need to talk about is the specifics of the release the Snyder Cut hashtag movement right yeah Uh, so when i say this is a first of its kind sort of thing um all the things we mentioned yes it's a it's a re-release that is um coming from like a director's original vision that is not going to be released in theaters it's going to be released on streaming all these things i mean it's, it's interesting it's it's, it's like a, a very modern streaming kind of project right but more interesting than that is the fact that this re-release is birthed from fandom you know it's yeah. really coming from fans of uh zack snyder and of DC. So why do I say, or why do I pose the question, is it irresponsible for HBO Max to do this? Well, a lot of people are saying that the fan desire to get this released has been on the toxic side, right? So is it uh you know, a bunch of passionate fans uh, sharing their love on social media for DC and the Justice League. Oh, certainly part of it is that. I, I, I don't think we should, we should, you know, exclude the nice fans, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, what's getting the headlines is the bully fans. Right. And a lot of people are saying that it's the bullying that led to the release of this movie. Right. The toxic fandom. Right. So, again, I pose the question, is it irresponsible to release this movie? What do you think, Porfirio? I mean, I don't think so much it's like bullying as much as like it's, you know, it's a campaign. Fans want something, their voice, their opinion. And they started this campaign. But I do see where you're going about, like, giving in to what fans want. Um, Like, how much power can you give to the fans and stuff? Like, yes, yes, they're the ones who are paying for this and everything. But at the same time, like, how much power can you give them? Like, it's the same fans who are saying, like, you know, fandom, geek fandom in general are the ones who are saying, like, um, reboot the last three Star Wars movies. Um, mm-hmm. Get rid of 
Rose from the Star Wars films and um, a whole bunch of other, just like, that's the kind of bullying I see. But to the Snyder Cut, I just see more of it as, as a campaign. Like, that's, I don't know. It's, I just see it like really, you, you can't, uh, it's hard to, for me to explain. <laughs> But like yeah. yes, like yeah, like they they want they gave in to the fans, but then like I said, um, at what point do you just kind of like have to cut off power to the fans? Like that's it, you know. But I don't know. What, I mean, it is what, a your... it is a complicated question because you know when you come when it comes to toxic fans the question comes up of well isn't it just a small minority and um and with most of with most of the cases of of this sort of thing yeah it is a small vocal minority right um so you know i think back to just questions on fandom in general you know, fandom is proven to be very problematic. This is not an isolated case, right? Yeah. Um, whether it's um, dudes harassing cosplayers at conventions or online bullying, which is kind of part of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Or... I mean, there are a lot of examples, sadly. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of lost my train of thought there, but but yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah, okay. Fandom is has proven to be very problematic, right? And my thoughts on that has have always been, you know, we as comic geeks, as fans, as members of fandom we are entitled to our opinion you know that's what's so great about being a fan everyone has a voice everyone has an opinion everyone counts and you know it makes for this great community right um Mm -hmm. we are opinionated as hell and it's great i love it you know i love talking to you about oh what do you think about that what do you think about this yeah and i think we have good discussions because we respect each other's opinion yeah if we if we have a disagreement we're like okay well that's fine um like that's your thing that's my thing yeah you know you like andrew garfield spider-man and i like toby mcguire spider-man and you know that's okay right that's cool in fact um you know, we, we bond over it, right? Yeah. It makes for conversation. Yeah. So, like, that's the cool part of it, right? So, the not-so-cool yeah. part is not so much the opinionated fans. Like, I, I think to, to my dying day, I'm like, comic geeks have an opinion. Have your own opinion, too. Don't, like, like read something online and it's like, oh, that's what I think. Or, like, oh, you know... Um, you know, I love uh, Robert Downey Jr. Whatever he says, I, I, I'm down with that, too. I, I disagree with it. I agree with whatever he says. No, have your own opinion. That, that, that's, what, that's what being a geek is all about, I think. You know, having an opinion and having a strong opinion. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, I think. The problem is when those opinions get pushed onto other people, right? when we, we, we've, yeah. been about, we've been talking about bullying a lot, right? Yeah. When your opinions, yeah. you're just shoving down the, the throats of everyone else. Like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. And like, and I'm going to like shame you and bully you and just like flame you online. Right. Um, that's a problem. I, and I, that, that's not cool. Right. Whether it's through social media, which is so prevalent nowadays, social media, bullying, flame wars trolling all this kind of stuff yeah or like or like douchebag behavior at conventions where Mm -hmm. female cosplayers are being groped and um it's just this is inexcusable behavior right 
Yeah. Um, so that that's the problem, right? And guess what? The release the Snyder Cut movement does tap into this problematic behavior. You know, um, it's not just all like love and uh, geek community opinion sharing you know it, it's not that it, it is toxic and um it's not it's not 100 percent toxic right i think there are plenty of of like good natured fans who were part of this movement no question right um but it, it is kind of tainted with the fact that there is this toxic fandom uh that was part of it, right? And it does yeah. beg the question, does the release of this movie, did it happen as a result of toxic fans, right? And if that's the origin story of this movie, <laughs> that's pretty terrible, right? Like, like you, you almost wanna not get behind it, right? If, if that's how this came to be right so from that perspective like i mean what do you think is this something you that just doesn't kind of sit well with you or i don't know what are your thoughts there i just think honestly i just think like the snyder cut um was just created just for uh warner brothers to make like a quick buck like you know, like, since it's going to be released on HBO Max, I just feel like, I don't know, it's like hearing like, oh, another streaming service since we already got Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. And I feel like HBO Max didn't really have anything original. And so they, because, you know, this was the time that it was being released. They just kind of said, like, let's release the Snyder Cut. And then everybody was like, oh, I'm going to get HBO Max now, you know, even though it's coming out a year from now. Um, I just see it as like a promotion for the streaming service. That's where it's going to be released. Um, I don't necessarily think it was the studio giving in to um, fans of gaining what they want. I think they just want to like make like a quick buck from fans who were interested in the Snyder Cut. But I just, uh, like I said, I think it just shows how powerful fans are when they campaign for something um yeah i mean like there's there's also i don't know been like other examples of like fans campaigning or petitioning for something to be um changed like that have been in my opinion successful like lucifer it was originally on i forgot what what network i think it was um CBS, I want to say, I forget. But then, like, once it was canceled by the network, um, there was like a whole like hashtag Save Lucifer movement, and then Netflix picked it up. Um, and then, you know, there's like other examples, I guess, of like, uh, there was a in the, the latest Hellboy movie. Some character was gonna be like whitewashing in a alien or an Asian character. But then they were like, oh, that's whitewashing. And they like ha- asked them to step down, which is kind of a sense of, like bullying, but also like it's like the right thing to do. Like they're like, hey, like you're a white guy playing this Asian dude. And then he like kind of acknowledged that and then stepped down. And then um, what's his name? I think his name is Daniel Kim took up the role. Yeah. Um, that's right. But I guess, and I guess that speaking out loud now i hear what you mean about like fans kind of like bullying or telling people like do this do this do this you know because they want it their way you know yeah yeah and um you know we keep talking about how the release the snyder cut movement is problematic but we haven't really brought up any specific examples of that so i just uh found something here is worth noting and again the 
the release the Snyder Cut movement as a whole is not 100%, you know, Twitter trolls bullying people. You know, let's just make that clear. But there are certainly some people in the movement who are certainly problematic. So one example is this guy, Roberto Mata. So he originally started the change.org petition to release the Snyder Cut. And he made racist and sexist comments. This, this did happen. <laughs> so again, he's... To who? Well, I don't have the specifics here. Um, but apparently this did happen. Uh-huh. Again, okay. he's not representative of everyone involved in release the Snyder Cut. Um, but he is just one example of uh, the problematic side of this movement. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I'm not here to say no one should watch this. No one should subscribe to HBO Max. You know, like I said, I'm super curious. I want to see this thing too, you know. Um, But... And I don't know really what I am saying, but I guess maybe what I'm saying is, you know, just it's good to be aware of the origins of this thing, right? You know, it, it's not it's not the best origin <laughs> for this particular project. Uh, let's just put it that way. Um, and you know, like I often do, uh, I like to play devil's advocate, and you know, I. I I, I've brought up a lot of negative stuff with uh, with this release, the Snyder Cut movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that are kind of positive, I think, um, or at least can be taken as positives. So this is kind of interesting to me. And it's separate from the release, the Snyder Cut movement, but it is it is absolutely part of this story. And that is the most recent uh, stuff that has come out about Joss Whedon. Have you, have you heard about this? About what? Uh, some new controversy regarding Joss Whedon. Ooh, I kind of heard about it. Yeah. Um, what's his name? The, the actor who plays a uh, cyborg? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ray Fisher. Like Ray yeah. Fisher. Yeah. He was talking about it a few weeks ago. And, yeah. But I don't really know the details of exactly what happened. All I know is kind of like Josh Whedon wasn't like the best person to work with. And he was very difficult and had a lot of demands. But that's all I know. I don't really know like any details or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know a ton about it, but... Basically, he and others who worked on the Justice League movie are alleging that Joss Whedon was, uh, was abusive in the production of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they're saying he helmed a toxic work environment. So... Um, you know, it's all allegations at this point, but it does shed some interesting light to this this big story, right? So, I don't know. In my mind, I'm thinking an optimistic way to look at this whole thing is that, well, what ultimately came out from this, you know, the theatrical cut of Justice League, it was not a big hit at the box office critics didn't like it fans didn't like it you know for the most part right um and now it's come out that joss whedon was abusive on set so it's this big huge trash fire right basically so yeah you know you could look at it as well 
this uh, Snyder Cut could be, I don't know, it could just sort of exercise all the demons, <laughs> right? Oh, and before mm-hmm. I go further there, there's another exercising the demons aspect to this, right? So we talked about the the family tragedy, right? Um, yeah, a, a lot of the, the fans are, are saying uh, Snyder didn't get to finish his movie because of this terrible family tragedy. Wouldn't it be great if he could finish the movie he set out to make, right? Uh, so therein lies another exercising the demons, right? So if they are able to uh, finally release this uh, director's cut next year, then maybe they can wash the stink of Joss Whedon off of this project. They can, I mean, there's really no getting over a a family loss that Snyder uh, suffered, but at least he would be able to finish the project he was set out to make, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe um, the final product will be something that the fans can really get behind. You know, if, if all these things happen, then, you know, you could look back and say, oh, it was all worth it you know um yeah like you know it just looking at the family tragedy side of it like if if Zack Snyder really wants to do this and he feels like this could maybe have some sort of cathartic effect with him and his and his family like you know who am I to say you know don't watch this and like fuck this movie you know like I think that could be a beautiful thing if like he can uh, release this movie and maybe have it be in honor of his deceased daughter and have it be his vision. And, um, and he's, and if he's good with it, his family's good with it, then that'd be pretty awesome. Right. And there's no way I would not be behind that. Right. And then all these other, all all these other things too, would be kind of cool. You could, maybe watch the stink of Joss Whedon off of this thing. You could um, make a lot of fans happy. You know, that'd be kind of cool too. Like as much as it's annoying that there are these toxic fans saying, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, like just being bullies and being a-holes. Like that's annoying. But if there are some true blue DC Justice League fans who like are actually nice people, (laughs) and aren't bullies and they're happy with the final product like that's pretty beautiful too so i don't know like i think maybe i'm leaning a little bit more towards like this is a problematic project and we really have to be aware of it but i also think a lot of good can come of this again i'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here um but uh you know, the more I think about it, this is all why this whole thing is pretty interesting, right? It's very complicated and it isn't just like black and white and like there's an absolute correct uh, answer to this all, right? It's, yeah. it's layered. It's very complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what else? I did have a a couple other questions. Um, We did address this a bit, but um, I'm certainly curious about what sort of precedent does this set? Releasing the Snyder Cut of this movie, what sort of precedent does this set? Because we've talked about it, you know, fans have influenced movie studio decisions, right? Um, They tend to be a little bit smaller stakes. You know, the whole Hellboy thing, uh, Ed Skrine stepping down to give way for an Asian actor, super cool, love it. Um, But at the end of the day, not the hugest deal, right? Um, 
with something like this, this could open the door to a lot of other things, right? Um, what do you think? What sort of precedent does this set? I think, yeah, like, again, like how I was arguing before, like, I just think that it gives maybe fans a little bit too much power thinking that they have control. But I've also seen, like, like probably, I think it was, like, a week or two after Zack Snyder announced that they were releasing this next Snyder cut, um, David Oyer, who's the director of Suicide Squad, said that he wants his version released, which would include, like, more Jared Leto Joker scenes and some other stuff. So he had, like, some, like, hashtag, like, release the ire cut or something like that oh, oh i saw that yeah and then um same with like the director of the fantastic four movie um how he said mm. his version never really is gonna ever be shown because of him and fox studios just being in like constant like battle about like how the finished product should be and he wanted his version to be shown and but obviously, like, it's not going to. Um, so not only does that give, I guess, like, fans, like, manage, I feel like it also might give, like, directors who have, like, their quarrel with film studios, like, more power to, like, be like, hey, like, release my cut, you know, like, the director's cut. Yeah. That, um, which... I don't know. Might be cool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. What this might lead to is even more power with fandom, right? Um, and you say that might be cool. Yeah, you know, looking optimistically, maybe there will be more cases of of what we've seen, like the Ed Scrine thing, where a white actor steps down mm-hmm. and lets an Asian actor play an Asian character, right? Something like that. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson didn't learn her lesson. (laughs) There you go. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think it it, it can get a lot more dangerous than that, right? Where we see the huge impact of the release the Snyder Cut hashtag, right? Yeah. It had, it had, it was a huge success, right? Like, look at what they got done, right? And um, yeah, it, it, it sets a dangerous precedent, I think. Now, I wanted to pose a scenario, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of talk has been around uh, Star Wars Episode Eight. You alluded to this earlier, right? redoing oh. uh-huh. the uh the 789 trilogy right yeah I, I don't think it's so much about redoing the whole trilogy i think it's about quote unquote fixing episode 8 right um what if there was like this fan movement for let's just call it uh release the abrams cut for lack of a better term um, but let's mm-hmm. say there is this fan outrage about let, let's let J.J. Abrams finish the trilogy he set out to make, right? He did seven, he did nine, episode eight, eight uh, sticks out like a sore thumb, right? Let him fix that movie. And they propose Disney putting a bunch of budget behind it for reshoots, extra CGI, and and to have it released on uh, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. you know, I that would be freaking scary. <laughs> like that that would be that that would be like fandom gone very wrong, right? I, yeah. What do you think, think about so. that? I, I really yeah I I think I. 100% agree with you. Like, as much as I wasn't, like, the biggest fan for The Last Jedi, like, what is is what happened. J.J. Abrams did his best to clean it up in Episode Nine, But 
there's like no real need to reshoot it or create a whole new make like a new movie out of it remake episode eight i don't think so like that just it's like giving way too much time and effort to something that's kind of you know entertainment based you know mm-hmm. like yeah it's it's a work of fiction it's someone's work um don't erase it uh but totally agree totally agree yeah like if you didn't like it like then just you know there's still a lot more star wars material to watch and stuff but um don't be that person that like uh is like we were saying earlier like it's one thing to have an option of opinion but it's a whole nother thing when you want to like impose that opinion onto someone where it just becomes like really toxic and um bad and that's exactly. what happened for episode eight exactly oh yeah you summed it up really well there you know yeah i, I keep going back to that in my mind like it's okay to have an opinion it's okay to have a strong passionate opinion but just let it be yours you know respect other people's thoughts and opinions too right and um yeah and you know i I was thinking too with geeks yes we are very opinionated and i'm kind of proud of that you know i'm i'm a i'm an opinionated geek and i i am very proud of that right and I respect other geeks' opinions very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what else geeks are? We are greedy as fuck, too. <laughs> right now, geeks, you know, particularly comic geeks, we have it so good right now. You know, um, so many movies and TV shows are being adapted from comic books. And you look at the high quality of, of some of the stuff, it it's a dream come true man uh and what i don't get is so many geeks comic geeks in particular being like unhappy with stuff you know like oh i didn't like justice league all right let's get this snyder cut thing out you know um and just you know i if anything we should be so happy right now (laughs) we should be happy with what we have right and you know nothing's perfect if you don't like something, you know, move on. There's yeah. so much stuff coming out. I don't know. Um, but uh, it, it kind of blows my mind how, how disgruntled a lot of these fans are. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I will say, though, the only, like, petition I would, like, agree with is redo the last season of Game of Thrones. That's the only one I would, like, agree with. Ah, okay. Here we go. This leads right. <laughs> this leads right into essentially my last question here, and it is: What other movies or shows would you like to see the director's cut treatment on? So clearly, TOT is on your mind. So, oh, tell, yeah. tell, why don't you tell me what you would want changed from that last season? Oof. I mean, you don't have to go through the whole list. I'm sure it's uh-huh. pretty lengthy, but I don't know, just like, I don't know, a handful of things that you would have liked to see done differently. Oh man. I wish, uh, I mean, okay. Okay. Spoiler alert, I guess. For if you haven't seen the last season, which has been out for a few years now. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, late for that, but just in case, good yeah. idea. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Honestly, like, the Battle of Winterfell, totally redo that whole thing. Like, that was an epic battle that should have been, like, something like Helm's Deep, Lord of the Rings quality. Um, mm-hmm. It was pitch black. You couldn't see anything. Yes. Uh, the battle strategies they had and everything. Arya killing the Night King. Um, honestly, I would not... Honestly, I don't think I would change Khaleesi burning down the city like as much as i hated that scene it made the most sense that she was following her father's footsteps um ooh, the way cersei died she did not deserve such a quick death she needed it needed to be painful <laughs> <laughs> um 
Um, yeah, just a lot. I was just the first few episodes was slow, and so I, you know, you got to build up to it. I'll give it that, but the rest of it, I was just not having it. I was like, ugh, my one of my favorite shows gone to shit because of how it was treated at the end. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's my take on that last season. <laughs> gotcha. I feel for you, and um. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking a lot of GOT fans have this sentiment, right? They weren't yeah. they weren't too happy about that last season. Um, I don't think there's been a whole lot of talk of of redoing it, though, right? I think people are just saying, "Ah, that sucked. That's too bad," there, right? Well, a petition did was released. I will say, like, once the last episode aired, I think a petition was released, but obviously no one cares. Like, <laughs> no one's going to... Because, I mean, that last season took, like, I think, like, two years to film. Right, right. Like, go on Hades for, like, a year. Yeah. Finish filming. So, it, like I said, it would just cost too much money and time for... to give in to fans, whatever. So, like... As much as I would like the last season to be redoed, like there's just no point. It what what it is it is. I'll just remember the show for how I how I watched it and just kind of like erase the last season from my memory and just be like, oh yeah, it ended. That's <laughs> the end. <laughs> okay, well, so this goes back to a, a pretty uh, big point, you know. You mentioned how there's this petition for GOT and stuff, and mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot, lot of traction behind it, and um, it would just cost too much to reshoot and to edit and whatever. Well, I'm thinking now that this Snyder Cut thing is happening, I think that there's going to be a shift. People are going to think, "Oh, wait a minute, we could, we can make shit like this happen." You know, so yeah, whereas for sure. like for whereas sure. like only yeah. a handful of people signed that GOT petition, like the next time some sort of fan outrage thing happens, there might be a lot more attraction because people look back at Justice League and be thinking, Oh wait, we can we can make it happen. They made it happen. Yeah. We can do it too. And you talk about budget. Um, oh, like oh like that's in the past. They're not gonna spend millions of dollars, but wait a minute. They are spending $20 million. <laughs> this is new money. This is not like past budget. Like they, they overspent the hell out of the theatrical cut of Justice League. They're adding another $20 million, $20 million to yeah. make this. So, I mean, you talk about clout, you know, the fandom has, has like, has financial clout now. Right. Uh, so, you know, we joke around about it, but like stuff like, redoing an entire season of a of a high budget tv show might not be like total fantasy at this point right so that's why i like to pose this question like oh what other things would you like to see Uh the sort of directors cut on because now almost anything's possible right i mean i I had a couple of examples in mind that i think no way they're going to do it but again like almost anything's possible Okay. At this point, you know what I mean. It it was funny because after yeah after that after the whole Zack Snyder cut was announced, like I said, director are putting like their thing like let, let me put my work out there. But yeah. I remember one of the biggest thing that caught my eye was that there was this whole like resurface of um, the campaign hashtag Save Daredevil, like mm. fans for campaign for that to be um, picked up for, by another network. And so that's another TV show I would have gone behind and been like, yeah, pick that up, like pick up Daredevil. But, um, yeah. but again, I don't know. It's like, like what you said about like, can fans like really like it, when they po- voice their opinion, can studios actually like listen and be like, okay, this is marketable or profitable. And um, let's, get around let's get to it you know i don't know 
Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to bring up my example here. Okay. So what movie would I like to see the directors cut treatment on? And my pick is Iron Man 2. So it's kind of an interesting pick. And you might wonder why do I bring this up? Well, yes. first off, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, I can tell, I can see you. You're, you're like, huh? <laughs> well, as you might know, I loved Iron Man one, one yes. of my all-time favorite MCU movies of all time, and I really was disappointed with Iron Man two. So, that's uh, that's number one. So I think it could have been such a better movie, right? The reason why I bring it up in this this discussion is that there has been talk that John Favreau didn't really get to make the movie he wanted to make with Iron Man Two. But did he direct Iron Man Two? He did. He directed Iron Man One and mm-hmm. he directed Iron Man Two. Okay. He didn't direct Iron Man Three, um, so I'm leaving that out of the conversation. But he directed Iron Man Two, so when that movie came out, I was so excited, right? It's like, oh, we got the we got the whole crew back. We got Downey, yeah. we got Favreau, we got. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow, like different roadie, but <laughs> the main yeah, crew was there, right? Terrence Howard was in there. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, with Downey and Favreau back, I'm like, let's go. Let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. final product was disappointing to me, like I said. But then it came out that Favreau didn't really get to make the movie he wanted to make. And when I say it came out, it didn't really come out explicitly um it came out in kind of an interesting way so i'm going to go into this a little bit but um a movie favreau directed after iron man one and two is this movie called chef have you seen this movie i love that movie the one with um sophia Vecchetta, right yes i love it too uh, i really love I this love movie the, yeah i love the, yeah i love all the food in it too, so oh the, it's it's like uh, a great food porn movie yeah absolutely and, and and just a great movie period yes. um, but um I, i'm curious to to see if you picked up on any of this because i know um some of the uh film critics did um they compared john favreau's character to john favreau himself in real life you know so early in the movie in chef favreau was a chef at a fancy restaurant who, who made a big splash when he first mm-hmm. came up. And then he started to just kind of do the same thing over and over again. And then the critics, the food critics kind of stopped liking him. And it was due to an overbearing restaurant owner, right? So a lot of people might be wondering, well, what the hell does this have to do about have to do with superhero movies right well it really seems apparent to me and like i said film critics that john favreau's character's uh prominence in the uh the food world that was that was his iron man one you know he made a big splash Mm -hmm. um everyone was loving it right and then the overbearing restaurant owner who was telling him okay chef i make i pick the menu you just cook what i tell you to make that's what the customers want and you don't like give me that artsy fartsy stuff right so the restaurant owner is like those are the uh the studio execs telling favreau don't change the plan, man. We had a big hit with Iron Man 1. So whatever you did with Iron Man 1, stick to that plan, right? Okay, I see what you mean. And yeah. then, and it's then, the like, right. And then, you know, in the movie, uh, John Favreau leaves, or I mean, is essentially fired from his restaurant. He, he starts a food truck. That That is like him leaving big budget superhero movies and doing independent movies like Chef, right? So <laughs> what I'm getting at is that it seems like Favreau himself was showing the world that he didn't get to make the movie he wanted to make with Iron Man 2. 
just yes. like the overbearing restaurant owner played by Dustin Hoffman in the movie, he was stifled creatively in making Iron Man 2. He didn't get to make the movie he wanted to make, right? So in my heart, I feel like the, the movie he really wanted to make has not been seen yet, right? So as long as we're talking like fantasies here, that, that's on my list, right? I'm thinking, I want to see the Favreau cut of Iron Man 2. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And um, a lot of the decisions in there, I'm like, was, it, it, they, didn't make, they didn't make sense to me because, um, you know, like I said, Iron Man 1 was so great. And then, you know, we talked a little bit about track record before with Zack Snyder. Uh, John Favreau has a great track record as a director, you know? So like Iron Man 1 and Chef, which we talked about, uh, but he's made a lot of great movies, you know, in, in different genres. Like he did the movie Elf, which is great. Um, a movie called Cowboys and Aliens, which had a mixed response, but I enjoyed, um, you know, um, it just kind book. of, he did Jungle Book, Jungle Book, uh, Lion King, yeah. you know, um, Mandal- as big... yeah. Oh yeah. Mandalorian. Well, I mean, um, it's a TV show, so it's a little bit different, but, uh, hell yeah. Mandalorian was great. Yeah. But anyhow, um, <laughs> what I'm saying is that like the, the, the decisions that were made with Iron Man 2, like, I was like, what was Favreau really behind this? And I, I, now I really feel like, oh shoot, he was probably influenced by studio mm-hmm. execs. So anyhow, that's my pick. And, you know, like I said, as long as we're talking about, you know, fantasies and things that probably will never happen, but with the Snyder Cut could potentially happen, um, that's certainly on the list. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And I don't want to get into it that much, but I think Spider-Man 3 would be on that list too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, what's his name? Um, Sammy. Uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, like, I remember reading that he, um, yeah, he had, like, a total vision for Spider-Man 3. And then, right. like, emo Peter Parker was kind of like his, like, F you to the studio. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we talked about how, you know, Favreau did Iron Man 1 and then it was like, what happened to Iron Man 2? Well, with Spider-Man and Sam Raimi, he did one and two. So that yeah. was almost even more of a head scratcher. Like, he had such great success in the first two Spider-Man movies. What the hell happened yeah. to three? So you really yeah. have to feel like, yeah. okay, he was like, he was forced to do some stuff that he didn't want to do. And in fact, I think it's like public knowledge that the Venom character was totally wedged in and he was forced to put Venom in the movie. I think that's like pretty well known at this point. Venom and, and, and It makes sense, right? Because yeah. the, the first two Spider-Man movies had one primary villain each, right? So why all of a sudden are there multiple villains? Well, yeah, it's because Venom was wedged in there. And I think it's pretty clear that Raimi wanted to make Sandman the focal villain in three, but then with Venom in there, it became this big mess. Yeah. So anyhow, Spider-Man 3, I think that's another one to put on the list. But, you know, this is just kind of one of those fun things where now almost anything is possible. So it's kind of a fun conversation to think, oh, what would I want to uh, see re-released and get this treatment, right? Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So I think we can get to wrapping up. Any last thoughts on the Snyder Cut? Uh, the Snyder Cut, like, as much as I am interested for watching the Snyder Cut, I'm still not 100% convinced I'm going to get HBO Go. I'll probably just, like, take, like, a friend's, like, password or something to watch it. But I am very, like I said, it's been something that's been going on for years. Like, in our geek culture, it's a big, like, milestone for what you've been saying like it hasn't been unheard of like fans mm-hmm. actually getting what they yeah. want so of course i'm gonna be like 
interested in seeing how the final product turns out. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I am super curious about what this thing is. I really want to see it. And I agree too, that this is a big moment for fandom, good or bad. This is big. You know, this is really a big thing for, for, uh, for geeks. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, we, we kind of knew it already, but this is like the confirmation that geeks really have clout. And uh, again, good or bad, <laughs> good, good and bad. We know there, there are good sides to it and there are bad sides to it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been saying it quite a bit in this past hour, but I, I just really wish that, that fans behaved better. You know, like, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this fan community, to be a geek, to be a part of fandom. But it's, it's really disheartening to hear all these terrible stories. And, you know, it's not just superhero movies. It's like video games and, and conventions and uh, you name it. it it's, 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 it's not good and we see it like all over the place. So um, yeah, I think we talked a little bit previously, but um, I think fans sometimes take the standpoint of I'm a fan. I am, I have an opinion and I can do whatever the hell I want basically because I'm a fan, you know, mm -hmm. it's almost like they, uh, they take no responsibility. And, and the cop yeah. out is, oh, I'm I'm just a fan, like I have the right to speak my mind, you know. Um, but I would argue, we do have a responsibility, and you know this whole thing about uh, fans getting more power, you know. I mean, th this is what we've, th this is kind of the bottom line of what we've, been, what we've been talking about, right? The the release the Snyder Cut movement has proven fans do have power, right? And yeah, what does Spider-Man sure. say? What does Spider-Man say? With great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. So <laughs> now that we have power, we have to be responsible with it, right? Yes. So I don't know. When you're thinking about being an a-hole online and being a troll, maybe think again, right? Yeah. Right. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Porfirio. <laughs>